Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. We are from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church with five locations in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and others as we explore what it means to be fully delighted in God and how we help as many people as possible experience this at SMCC. This is the Fully Delighted Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam and I am so happy to be here with you today. I serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And, and with me, I've got Eric Nelson, one of our, our, our teaching pastor uh, here at South Mountain Community Church. Eric, it is great to have you on. How are you doing? Adam, I'm doing very, very well. I'm excited to have you back. You were on vacation for a bit over Thanksgiving. So Adam, good to have you back in the studio as we record this. Um, we are in the middle of season three. I was just hanging out with some people last night who, uh, it was my wife's birthday, actually. Shout oh, out fun. to Carissa. I won't tell you how old she is. <laughs> she's getting up there. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, they were talking about how much they've enjoyed this season. Um, it helps them understand people who live in Utah, helps them understand their neighbors, helps them understand why SMCC um, is strategic in the way that it is. So season three has been awesome. In season three, if you haven't been tuning in, uh, we've been listening to the stories of people uh, who come from an LDS background and have walked into the doors of SMCC, and we want to hear about that experience. We want to hear about what it was like to grow up LDS. Uh, we want to hear what caused them to reconsider um, their their beliefs, and then what it was like to be a part of SMCC. So today on the show, here we are in the middle of season three, uh, we have my good friend Lacey Messerly. Hi, Lacey. Hey, good morning. Yeah, so glad to have you here. Uh, Lacey's story um, is incredible. Uh, it has so many elements of the story that I think are going to really connect and, and um, engage our listeners. I've known Lacey for quite some time, uh, from the beginning days of mm -hmm. SMCC Lehigh to coming on staff. You yeah. worked with me, for me, whatever you yeah. want to say, uh, and then stepped down from staff and is still a massive part of the Lehigh campus. Yep. So, uh, man, Lacey, I'm really excited for you to, uh, to share your story and, and talk about all of the things that are part of your, your journey. So having said that, um, thanks for being here yeah. and yeah, we're you. just gonna, gonna dive in. So tell us what it was like growing up oh, LDS in Utah, right? Yeah. All right. Let's hear yeah. about it. Grew up, grew up in Utah, born in Idaho, um, lived in Utah my whole life. And, uh, you know, it was pretty normal growing up. Mormon. It was great. Uh, I actually came from a split family home. Mm -hmm. So my mom was very religious. She was very church every Sunday, whereas my dad did not go to church. Mm -hmm. And so he, uh, he would stay home and my mom and my brother and I would head to church on Sundays and that was just normal for us. And it, it didn't feel different. It didn't feel awkward. I had great friends. I had, you know, a good support team, a good support system, but I definitely felt, um, a little bit, off because my dad didn't go. Mm. So I knew my whole life I would grow up and I would just say, as long as I keep going to church, my dad will get here. My mm. dad will show up. Mm. My dad will um, come to church eventually. I will have the family at church one mm -hmm. day. And so through my teens, it was, it was pretty normal. I went to church every Sunday just so that I could uh, be with my mom and mm -hmm. we, and that was just kind of normal. So um, 
it, pretty normal. So were you were you baptized um, when you were eight? Is that that's a I normal was. experience? Uh huh. Yeah. Did you did you want to do that? Did you choose that? Were you told you're going to do that? What was that like? You know, I honestly the only thing I remember about my baptism is being confirmed. Mm-hmm. I remember getting baptized and then my mom putting me in a new dress in the dressing room, mm-hmm. and a lot of people smiling. And that was about it. So you're, you're kind of thinking, well, this makes people happy. Yeah. So, uh, and we just talked about this on Sunday. We talked about people pleasing. And uh-huh. so it's like, well, if this makes people happy, I guess I'll do this because I want people to be happy with me. Right. Yeah. So right. you're going through it. Um, for people who don't know or have never been to an LDS church on a Sunday morning, um, was it long? Were you there three hours? We were there three hours. Take us through those hours. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. So we would get up and like I said, my dad would make us breakfast. My mom and my brother and I would leave and we would do our first, uh, we would do sacrament first and mm-hmm. then an hour of primary with mm-hmm. the young kids and then an hour of uh, teaching mm-hmm. class. And so we would leave nine to noon and come home and have family nachos as a family. And cool. then from about noon on, that was our family time with my dad at that point. And Got so- it. Now, I think this is interesting and you kind of touched on this. Going to church without your dad, did you feel like people were thinking, where is he? Were you like, why isn't he here? Uh, did you, were you envious of people who were there with both of their parents? What was that oh, yeah. like? Okay. Oh yeah. I, that was my goal in life. That was my goal as a teenager was as long as I keep coming, my dad will come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I graduated high school, I married the neighbor boy that, you know, and we can touch on that is we started dating and, uh, we were, I was 19, I was young mm-hmm. and my dad came to me and said, I'm not going to change my ways to come to the temple. And I just yeah. thought as long as I go to the temple, as long as I do what's right, mm-hmm. he will find his way wow. to Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Well, I really want to talk about, uh, that wedding process and, and yeah. marriage in the temple in a second, but let's talk about high school for a little bit. Uh, did you go to seminary in the mornings? Were you mm-hmm. all yeah. in all, through all the things. high school? Yeah. Very very active. I was very active. I uh, had great friends. I was at all the youth groups every Wednesday nights. I was a young women's president growing up. I I mean, yeah, I I was, I was all the things. My mom was really high in the relief society. Um, she was very much a part of the LDS church. My brother was a big part. And so Mm -hmm. it was the three of us and then my dad, but Mm -hmm. we knew if we just kept doing what we're doing, my dad would come. Mm-hmm. And so did people tell you that like the people above you in the yeah. church, like your Bishop would say, mm-hmm. Hey, if you keep doing this, there's really a good chance. Mm-hmm. Dad will. Okay. Yep. So for people who don't know, relief society is what? Like if we, Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, relief society is 18 and older for women. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the goal of that is to support people in need. What else does yeah. relief, um, relief society do? Relief society. Yeah. Support people in need, serve others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just women 18 and older Got it. all the way to 60. So okay. you turn 18, you leave Young Women's, and you join the Relief Society, which is the older group, mm-hmm. just the women, while the men um, meet together in their own Got time. It. So, so you were, sorry, president of... The Young yeah. Women. Okay. The so, younger. So you mm-hmm. were a, a young, uh, up-and-coming, you <laughs> yeah. were yeah. Im- important and involved. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And Young Women's is like... Youth group for youth gals, group. I mean, events, uh, you know, mm-hmm. trips during the summer together, young women, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Things like that. Cool. Can I, can I ask a question before we move on? So you say you were part of like youth programs and things like that. So I grew up pretty involved in, in church. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric, I don't remember when you started attending church, actually. Yeah, not till, high, not till 18. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what is, what is youth group like for somebody that's growing up in the LDS 
church? Like, what is that? What do you guys do? Yeah. Um, in my experience, it was um, Sunday, Sunday teachings, because you would have your sacrament meeting, then you would have your young women's, and then you would come together as the whole group together, men and okay. women. Um, and then it was Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights of from seven to nine at the church. And you would, gosh, you would go serve. I remember doing um, food bank one night. I remember crafting one night. Um, but it was it was never anything more than just getting everybody together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there was one time we went and saw the temple lights, but it was, you know, seven to nine and then that was it. And then yeah. you'd go home. Okay. Yeah. So cool. it's kind of a typical just a youth typical group event youth, type yeah. thing. Yeah. Just yeah. To, I think it's just to keep the group, you know. Yeah. Keep people together. Keep people together. Yeah. Sure. So you get through high school and you school. are, you know, kind of the... This, the gold standard mm-hmm. for what uh, graduated seminary yeah, what, did all the things. So, um, so then you graduate and um, you move into the dating world. Mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about this on the podcast. I feel like I know you well enough to talk about it. What is dating culture like in the LDS church? I think this is interesting. So yeah. he was a he was a neighbor kid. He was a neighbor kid. And you guys were eighteen, nineteen. Um, mm-hmm. So is dating culture like? Uh, hurry up and get married? Is it pick somebody that your parents approve of? Like how, what, what was that like? How did you, you know, choose yeah. this guy and take us through mm-hmm. some of that? Yeah. So I graduated 18 and it was about that time that in the spring, I, my birthday's in February. So that by that spring, when I was graduating, a lot of people started asking like, who are you dating? And I was dating this young man in my neighborhood because he was part of the ward as well. Yeah. And so it was easy. And that's common to date somebody in the ward. Yeah. Like, okay. he, he was a great, he was a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously I married him. And so, <laughs> um, and so we um, started dating and right when we graduated high school, he had just gotten back from his mission. And mm-hmm. so he was 21, I was 19 or 18 and we started dating and he, um, he was really nice mm-hmm. and, uh, Everybody just started asking me, so when are you getting married? Yeah. So when are you getting married? And that was just that was just the culture. On Sundays we would go to church together, we'd be sitting together. Mm-hmm. So when's the wedding? And you know, we kind of got to the point where we looked at each other like, well, we can't move in together. Mm-hmm. We can't have any other extra activities together. Mm-hmm. So really our only option let's is get to married, get married. I like yeah. I yeah, I guess let's get married. And so um is your experience with that common? Like you just kind of feel this not not a pressure in a bad way necessarily, but this the expectation is mm-hmm. I get married and the expectation is I get married to a return missionary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the the expectation right. as well. So it's oh, pretty yeah. common. Yeah. So um how long did you guys and I think because I think understanding dating culture is is sort of important. I know th- but you know, Adam, your church experience has had a dating culture, right? Dating culture yeah. is 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 everywhere. There's, um, there's some religious you know, elements to, I think those things that are, that crossover and and are shared. Yeah, exactly. Um, So yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. how, how long were you guys engaged? Did you guys do premarital counseling? Mm -hmm. You guys go through some of that? Yeah. So, uh, I came up the next year, we came, I came up on my 19th birthday and he proposed in March. Mm -hmm. And so I just to turn 19 and, uh, we were married in July. So we had from March to July. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty quick for a time that I was not, I did not feel grounded in my faith. Like I, mm-hmm. I felt grounded because I grew up in it. But as far as looking back now and thinking, did I really believe this? I can't say that I did. Yeah. Um, so yes, we did 
couple classes. They do temple prep classes. Okay. For, I didn't know that. Yeah, for uh, engaged couples. And the temple prep class included going to an older gentleman's house and him telling you what to expect in the temple, mm-hmm. but not everything that happens in the temple. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. kind of what to expect, how to get your garments, how to, um, what you need to pack, but never anything that happens inside the temple because mm-hmm. you can't talk about that outside right, of the temple. Right. Interesting. So, can, I, can I rewind yeah. back just a split second here? I was just thinking about this. So your your boyfriend, fiance, yeah. he went on mission, came back. I'm curious if in the LDS culture, maybe this is the case, maybe not. Do you feel like people, if they want to be married, do you feel like they're like, well, I'm not, you know, I want to go on mission. And part of the reason I want to go on mission is because if I don't go on mission, well, no good LDS person is going to want to date me. It's kind of a pre thing you got to check off. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, that was one of the first questions when I was engaged. Um, I worked as a checker at Albertsons and, you know, I had my ring on and the customers would ask me, well, is he a return missionary? You're so young. Is he a return missionary? Gotcha. Yep, he is, you know, and so again, <laughs> pleasing, again, like getting baptized. Yeah. But I see people around me happy that he's a return missionary, so I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, just because people pleasing has been on my mind a lot with Sunday's mm-hmm. message, I, I'm just kind of hearing your story and just seeing how... Um, how, just, just how people pleasing is always present, um, right. maybe in, in your story and a lot of stories. So, I think this is interesting. You know, uh, I'm on Instagram a lot. I got my, you know, my neighbors. I follow them on Instagram, and I often see this picture pop up on Instagram where there's a couple outside of the temple, mm-hmm. and that's like the wedding picture. Mm-hmm. You know, I see pictures sometimes of families waiting outside the temple mm-hmm. for the couple to come out. So, we haven't talked about this on the podcast. Take us through the temple ceremony. I mean, not, yeah. not the ceremony itself, but the mm-hmm. whole. I mean, you can, but the whole experience around the day of, of, what's the day of when you're getting married in the temple? Because I talked to a lot of people who say, you know, we were married in the temple. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So we, you know, woke up early and, uh, I remember vividly driving to the temple and just having that like pit of my stomach, like, is this what I want to be doing? Do I want to be getting married? Do I want, but it's just nerves. It's just, and I, I didn't know who to talk to. I remember my mom driving and, uh, my mother-in-law sitting in the passenger seat and thinking to myself, how do I tell them? I don't know if this is right, but they were both so happy. Mm, So I just thought it's just me. Like, this is, this is normal. Like, let's just get to the temple. So we actually got married in the Salt Lake temple. Mm -hmm. So we drove all the way to Salt Lake and, uh, Got inside again. My dad wasn't there, and so um, yeah. So dad can't be a part of it because he's not. Yeah, uh, doesn't have his temple recommend right. Right, does not have his temple recommend. So my mom was there, and a lot of his side of his family. They were very LDS, whereas my side, extended family, was not. So it was just my mom Mm -hmm. at the temple at the time, Um, and it was it was uh, different than I expected. You walk inside the temple, and you have your dress, which I had my dress there. And we walked in and it's a little bit chaotic. There's a room where you get dressed and there's a ton of other brides. I think there was oh, wow. a, another 20 or 30 Whoa, brides I didn't know that. in this okay. room getting wow. dressed in that because everybody has temple day, you know? Yep. Wow. And, uh, and so I go to put on my dress and actually the, um, the worker lady there told me that my dress had too many sequins on it oh. that I actually couldn't wear it. Oh, no. It Whoa. was too big blingy <laughs> too much bling <laughs> too much bling. wow lazy so i actually had to rent a temple dress really from the temple. Mm-hmm. so wow. they have dresses there that they you have can dresses rent. there that are very plain 
Yeah. Just in case it's too just, blingy. It's too, it was too blingy. Yeah. Is that expensive? How much does it cost to rent it? I'm just, <laughs> oh, I, just, I think is... it's like 50 cents. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. It's cheap. Oh, like, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. 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 And so, um, and then a little, a lot of it was a, a blur. I remember walking into the ceiling room and sitting across from him and, you know, you don't exchange rings at the altar. Um, you have to do that separately. Mm-hmm. And the man sealing us said a lot of words and i just i remember like sitting there just thinking everybody's so like looking around everybody's so happy yeah mm. to, and you know i had gotten my endowments the week before mm-hmm. and uh the whole garment thing and we had come out and my aunt had a whole dinner mm-hmm. or a whole lunch planned for me and just everybody we, were, was your mom with you during that sealing ceremony yes yes okay yeah. just mom yep just, mm-hmm. dad could have been there if he had a if, temple recommend right was your mother-in-law at, at the time the the was she there? Yeah, his most of his family was there. Okay. They were all very okay. LDS. I got it. So, so then you go through the process. You walk out of the temple, mm-hmm. and this is the picture that I see. This on is Instagram. the picture. I get okay. to see my dad. Yep. So your dad's outside uh-huh. waiting. Dad's outside. Man, I've talked to so many dads about this experience. You know, because yeah. these dads go to SMCC and they talk about. My daughter was getting married and I couldn't be a part of it. You know, they talk about the pain around some of this. I don't, I don't know if this is true of your dad, but it's so interesting to hear their perspective on not enough. I mean, to mm-hmm. feel the guilt and shame of if I had done this, I could have been in there with my, my daughter. Or I talk to dads who say, well, I guess the reason I am active is that someday when my daughter gets married, I want to be there. Right. You know, so th- it's very interesting to hear this type of story from dad's perspective. So jumping ahead now. So yeah. up until this point, you've done everything the way you're supposed to do Check. it. You've checked the box. All the checks. People pleasing. You're a spiritual people pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I mean, I was you've set. done this. Yeah. 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 Got and married in the temple. We're good. So then what happened? Yeah. This is the moment we've been leading <laughs> up to. When and why did you begin asking questions? What what happened next, Lacey, that oh, caused man. everything to change? Um, well, so he and I were married just under two years. And um, as anybody who was, you know, married young in the temple knows, who have been through my experience, knows that you suddenly are on your own. You don't have anybody to tell you to go to church. And suddenly you say... I'm busy Sundays. I mean, and that's just natural when you're married anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not under my mom's house. I have my own agency. I don't need to go to church on Sundays. Plus, he and I were in a newlywed ward, so that the turnover in the ward was just constant. Mm-hmm. And that's what they said. They're like, there's a lot of people who come that we never see again. And so wow. I had a hard time finding a place to be after we were married. So we stopped going to church at that time. Okay. Um, I mean, right after we got married. And so, um, and then we were together about 18 months and infidelity started happening. Mm-hmm. And just under two years, we had chose to not be married anymore. Right. It just, it got too hard. So when you get to that spot, mm-hmm. um, yep. the people pleasing kind of goes out the window because now you your marriage didn't work and it was supposed to all work because you did it the way you were supposed to do it. Absolutely. So, um, so you guys get divorced pretty quickly after that. We get divorced pretty quickly after that. Um, and then about a year later, my dad leaves my mom. And so, and in this time, 
uh, church was the farthest thing from my mind right. in these couple years. Um, wow. My dad leaves. My brother leaves on his mission. His, he chose to go on an LDS mission. Mm-hmm. So I am left with my mom in a house in Draper that my dad mm-hmm. had left. Wow. And it was at that time, which was about early 20, about 23, that my mom and I started going back to church because mm-hmm. I thought if I can go back to church, my life will get better mm. again. Yeah, and I've met your mom. She's she's awesome. So you're back living with mom. You move back, back in with mom, mm-hmm. and you guys go back to the LDS church. Back to the and I'm only there about 18 months. Okay, and mm-hmm. what are you kind of thinking? Uh, you know, what are your core beliefs at this point about God? Are you thinking, well, I, I must have made God angry because the marriage fell apart, and mm-hmm. no, I guess I'll go make him happy again, and maybe my life will be happy again. Is this kind of what I don't right. want to put words into your yeah. mouth, but is this sort of like what 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 are you thinking about God at this point? Yeah, I remember. T- talking to my mom vividly leaving church one day. And I said, it's because I didn't go to church while I was married with Rick is mm. why my dad left. Mm. I mean, I put those two together. So I said, as long, and I, and I went back, I got my temper recommend back. I was back mm. on track. Um, wow. Yeah. So you just kind of communicated something in that statement that I think is really, really interesting, which is, um, things are going bad for me because I've been bad spiritually. Right. Essentially. Absolutely. I, I've done a bad thing. I've stopped mm-hmm. going to church. So God's, is God getting you? Is that what you're thinking? Like God's making oh, yeah. this happen? Or, well, and there's or... infidelity in my first marriage. Yeah. So therefore, yeah. this is my punishment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So God is punishing you with bad circumstances. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's heavy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I want to, you know, get to maybe how you unlearned that that's yeah. not how God... And we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so you're going back to the LDS church. And so are you trying again to get on the path, so to yeah. speak, to choose the right, uh-huh. I guess? Yeah. Um, I, and it was about a year, 18 months that okay. got my temple recommend back. I was going to the temple, gosh, weekly, wow. maybe every other week for sure. Okay. And really trying to dive in to what I thought was right. Okay. Because when I was married, we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And now that I had my choice, I thought, well, I have my temple recommend. This is what I need to be doing. Right. And then what happened? The second time around. <laughs> the yeah. second time around. <laughs> um, I did have a lot of questions towards the end of my, um, the final part of my Mormonism. I remember asking a lot of bishops, I just have questions about Joseph Smith and what mm-hmm. about this? And what, and just, I mean, all the questions, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm almost 25 and I'm starting to really understand doctrine mm-hmm. and bishops say, yeah, it looks like you're not paying your tithing. So let's get you paying tithing and make sure you're going to the temple and you'll get your answers. Wow. Yeah. And so that's kind of where it left off. It didn't really set well with me. Um, and then at that time I chose to go back to college, finish college. And then that's when church kind of went on the back burner again. Again. Mm-hmm. Got it. So you had intellectual questions around 25. Did you have those intellectual questions growing up in the church through middle school? Not high even school? a little bit. Got it. And then the response you got sounds similar to kind of what you got when you were eight. If you keep doing the right thing, you'll get the answers. Dad will come around or you'll right. get the answers to your tough questions. If you keep, you need to start paying your tithe and then you'll get your answer. So it's sort of the, sort of the carrot and the stick. Like if you, you'll get there someday, just keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Mm. All right. So now you're fully into your mid twenties, <laughs> late twenties, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, church isn't a part of your life, so church not a part of my life. Then what I uh, meet my husband, mm-hmm. my now husband. What's up, Mike? What's if you're up, listening? Mike? Oh, he'll be <laughs> I know, listening. I know Mike. <laughs> <laughs> He's so great. So I meet Mike at 25, and he and I. He also served a mission, mm-hmm. um, and he after his mission, uh, he was also married, um, and so and then got divorced a couple years later, mm-hmm. um, kind of the same circumstances. Okay. And so when we got together at 25, he was 27. We had no 
no conversations about church, really? not even about what we thought about Mormonism. Mm -hmm. It just was never a thought in our mind. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. we got, I got married at 27. He was 29. And again, nothing like mm -hmm. great dating life, great marriage life. Um, and then 29, we're, you know, trying to start our family. Lily takes a couple years to get here. And at 29, having my first baby postpartum, mm. I start thinking, I think there's something more. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what really spurred it. So from 25 until babies, we just, mm -hmm. it was never a question in my head. Yeah. So at SMCC, we talk uh, about the religious approach to life and we talk about the irreligious approach. So you have the season of, yeah. would you consider yourself irreligious at this time? Or Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It was, and I, I look back now and think, why didn't we talk about that more? Mm -hmm. But it's just, and not even, I feel burned by the church or I don't like it or I want to go back or anything. Mm -hmm. We just, it just was never a conversation. I didn't okay. think it was important. Mm -hmm. So Lily comes around and, and this is a, there's two things in your story that I, I want to highlight because I think it's really important. And, and one of them is getting married young is a, mm -hmm a big thing in Utah. And mm -hmm. so you have a lot of people like you who are maybe on in their second marriage they, and they have some, some pain in their past, but they're still very young. Right. And, I, and I didn't know that, you know, I grew up in the Northwest. I didn't see that. I got married at 22 and people were like, you're way too young. But in Utah, <laughs> that's like prime age, you oh, know, yeah. old, <laughs> you're old, old. You know? so, um, so I, I meet, I remember when I first moved to Utah, I would see people walk through the doors of SMCC and they're in their mid twenties and, um, they're married but for a lot of those people, that's that that was their second marriage, you know. Right. And I I never I never knew that. So I think that's interesting. Um, and so uh, the other part of your story that I think is interesting is kids coming along does something inside of us. I think it, right. it, it's like, well, how am I going to raise them? Um, what am I going to tell them when they start asking tough questions? Or maybe just you know, new life causes us to think about well, they're spiritual things, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's your experience. And I think that's experience for a lot of people that walk through our doors uh, is they do have this irreligious season right? and then they show up at, at SMCC. So Lily comes along and mm -hmm. you Google church in the area or what happened? Uh, no, I actually, um, she was about three months and my sister-in-law texted me and said, look, I think you need a mom group. I am part of this mops group, which is called Mothers of Preschoolers out of a church in Salt Lake. I think you should come. And, you know, I live in Eagle Mountain and I thought I had just quit working, um, which I had worked my whole life. And so adjusting to stay at home life, I thought I can make it to Salt Lake twice a month by 9 a.m. <laughs> so I would pack her up, little body up and I would drive to the church up in Salt Lake mm -hmm. and was part of the Mops group there. And it was the next spring. I, so Mops is um, Mothers of Preschoolers where women support women, mm -hmm. uh, Christian-based women support women. And I didn't know I was getting involved in Christianity mm. while I was doing it. Not that it was a hoodwink thing, but it just was very welcoming and open. I didn't realize it was Christianity until a year later. Like mm -hmm. I, it was just so open. I would walk in and hand my baby to somebody to watch for two hours and sit with these women who were so just g happy for God mm -hmm. and just this whole new idea of worldview that I was, I'm drawn to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I was there about a year and somebody at my table had said, look, you should try SMCC they're closer to you. You should try the Draper campus. Lehigh mm -hmm. hadn't opened yet. Right. Um, you should try it. And so I'd been there about a year and went to Draper for the first time. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> so uh, uh, so you, you meet these really warm, welcoming women. You're thinking, man, this is a, an incredible culture. 
Um, you know, just to kind of, you know, look ahead a little bit, you now are creating that same culture for women in Utah mm-hmm. County, which yeah. Lacey is so cool. Um, you've done that for years um, as you've led mops. Um, so talk about the first experience at, at SMCC. You walk through the doors. Were you nervous? Yeah. Were you thinking, because I mean, this is your first time back in church. And It's my first time back yeah. at church. I also, at this point, um, I have Lily and I think I was pregnant with my second at this time. Um, and I went to the Draper campus and I love how big it is because mm-hmm. I sat in the back. Mm-hmm. And you know me well enough to know I'm not a back row yeah. sitter. <laughs> I prefer the front row, but I was scared. I yeah. was pretty nervous um, because it's it's a church with a band and that's not good. And, mm-hmm. and I sat in the back with uh, a car seat with me and just, just was engulfed, mm-hmm. like so happy. And mm-hmm. I, I left with just this such good feeling that I'd never felt before. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So for people who are listening, and and I think this is important to say, sometimes our auditoriums are darker than what people expect, but there's a reason behind that. And that is so people can come and sit anonymously yeah. without being exposed. There's a reason it's, 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 it's darker at times. And that's mm-hmm. so people can, can observe from a distance without being um, called out or mm-hmm. exposed or, Hey, you must be new here. Right. It's like, no, we want them to have the experience you had, which is to right. sit and watch, to come and see, and then take your next step when, when you right. feel ready. So you said you left with a, a feeling, you mm-hmm. know, was, t- can you talk about what that was? Just, um, just calm. Just, oh, this is a cool place. I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. This will be fun to come back on Sunday. I love the music, so why not? Yep. Sure. So did you come back the like, next week or yeah. next and month? Then, or? Yeah. And then I, I was here about a year Okay. and slowly worked my way up through the auditorium. I made it to, <laughs> to the, the front, front row. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I was here about a year anonymously okay. and then, um, kind of had a feeling it was time to try something new. And ironically enough, that's when turning point, right. they said turning points going to start in the fall. And I, it was about my year anniversary of me being here quietly. And mm-hmm. I thought mm, that looks like it's something I need to try. Yeah. Mm. And turning point is for people, uh, like you at the time mm-hmm. in transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I first met you in Turning Point. You I did. was there. I was uh-huh. brand new to Utah. I went to Turning Point to see what it was all about, and I met you um, in that class. So during that year, take us through some of the big shifts in your thinking about God. I mean, what or just maybe if you can remember, uh, yeah. during that time, were you unlearning things, hearing new things, saying, "Oh my goodness, I had that wrong most of my mm-hmm. life." Like what? What were you learning or? It thinking. was like drinking from a fire hydrant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, in fact, I feel like it um, was so much information that I had to process it pretty slowly. Mm. Um, in fact, when I went to Turning Point, I didn't make it through the full class. Mm. I had to come back in the spring because it just was so much information. Mm. A lot of, um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of a lot of questions that I, new questions that mm-hmm. I had. Um, I can't believe this is happening. How have I not known about this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the emotions connected to all of this are something people don't often understand because um, when you learn one thing, perhaps about the history of the LDS church or one thing about the validity of the Bible, um, if there's a flood of emotion that comes with it because mm-hmm. it's like how, I'm angry because I feel duped perhaps. I feel embarrassed because how could I be so, so stupid to not see this? I feel guilt and shame because I've let other people into this. Like 
I don't think people quite understand the 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 baggage of emotion connected to one new intellectual thought, truth, or idea. You know, right. and that's what makes it so overwhelming. Is mm-hmm. it's imagine that, but you're talking about a hundred new ideas that you haven't processed before, and right. so now you have multiply that with all the emotion mm-hmm. that connects to those ideas, and it, this is why we honor the process at SMCC right. because. The, the process looks different for every person. It, it's, a, it's a process. Yeah. And, and so I remember you saying to me one time, it's still to this day, there's messages mm-hmm. where I hear something and I go, oh my goodness, I, I didn't know that. And right. so the emotion comes back even years, years later. Absolutely. And I, I still feel like I'm learning that. And I still feel like I'm unlearning a mm-hmm. lot of my um, ideals from Mormonism. Sure. Which is my hardest part of my faith journey, yeah. I think. Well, is, that's, that's a great segue. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, uh, what, what has been most difficult? You know, th- this was, um, how many years ago? Six years ago now that you've, would you say? Five years? Yeah, Lily's seven. Okay. So, right. and I started about a year into her. So six years, okay. five years, yeah. So as you think about the most challenging parts through the last, few years what, what yeah would you it's talk it, about? it really is and it's it's interesting for me is i feel like i grew up in lds and then i have this span of time that was nothing and yet here i am still questioning growing up with those ideals i i have i didn't realize how ingrained it was in me mm-hmm. that when i hear a sermon that says this is a gift for you you just have to accept it it mm-hmm. just is hard for me to really wrap my head around it because mm-hmm. i think no, but I need to do something. Mm. There's something I need to do to get that. Yeah, totally. So um, you go to Draper for some time. We start Lehigh. I remember you showed up, you know, in at some point mm-hmm. along the way at Lehigh. About a year. You, it was like the year anniversary because okay. I did the balloons for you. That's first right. Year. Yeah. Lacey is a balloon expert. balloon expert. In fact, I just volunteered you to do some balloons for another event. <laughs> I don't know if they've reached out to you yet. <laughs> no, um, <not> yet. <laughs> okay. Holding out help. It's, it's awesome. Oh, cool. Um so uh, then you decide at, at Lehigh to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you got baptized mm-hmm. again, and uh, hopefully we can find that picture and maybe connect it on social media so yeah. people can see that. It was a really exciting time. You get involved in mops. Yeah. You say yes to serving on our staff yeah. as an administrative assistant. Um, anything you want to say about that part of the, the story? Um, I definitely felt like I was on fire. Mm. Um, you know, they talk about baby Christians and I, I felt like I couldn't yell it from the rooftop loud enough, Mm. you know, I feeling very, uh, confident and happy and, um, having people around me cheering me on. I mean, nothing that I ever Mm -hmm. experienced in my life before. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Um, so as someone who has this incredible story, you've been in Utah your whole life, or you were born mm-hmm. in Idaho, but then yeah, you spent most time here, in like Utah. Two, yeah. um, what, uh, the question I want to ask is, you know, what do people who um, are LDS now, what, what do they, what, what do they think about you and your story? Or what do they yeah. think about uh, people that attend a church like SMCC? I mean, any, any insight to their, that perspective? Um, yeah, my mom is very supportive mm-hmm. of my efforts and my stepdad are very supportive of SMCC and me and what I have going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, I have great support. Mike is a very good support. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't attend with me, but he, he supports me in going yeah. and wants to know how it is. And so mm-hmm. I definitely feel very lucky that I have a great support system yeah. around me. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so take us through when you decided to get baptized at SMCC, mm-hmm. because, um, it's, it's our favorite 
days of the year yeah. as pastors. I know, Adam, we just on Sunday celebrated three baptisms at the South Jordan location. We were there together. And these uh, one of the couples were in their 60s. Um, it was just such an incredible moment. So, um, and I think our, for many of our listeners, they've been in the seats when someone gets baptized. I don't know. You know, our goal is to communicate how significant this is, you know, how powerful, how special it is to see somebody who grew up LDS mm-hmm. take a step to identify with the Jesus of the Bible. Um, so, Lacey, what what led you to want to make that decision? Do you remember that day? Take us through that. Yeah, this wasn't on the questions. I'm sorry. I'm throwing all these new questions <laughs> I know, at you. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, um, I since I was working with you, I, I felt like uh, working closely with you and really... Um, in the time at being at Lehigh with you, there was no question unanswered mm. there, you know, and looking back at when I was in my early twenties, there was always questions. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I really appreciated about that time early on at Lehigh was just, I would be laying in bed and just fire off of an email. And it was mm-hmm. to you cause you yeah. were new at that campus. Yeah. Oh, I remember those uh-huh. emails. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you would just, you would write back an answer and then say, and then look in the Bible and that's mm-hmm. how it's always been. And then look in the Bible. And mm-hmm. it, it was at that time that I realized that's, that's the truth I need to be following mm-hmm. is the Bible. Got it. And, and then you strip away the book of Mormon. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know, my soul just was on fire. Yeah. And so because of that, it led me then to say, you know what? Jesus is my person. Yeah. We're going to do this. Man, yeah. that's awesome. Oh, I remember you said that in the video, Jesus yeah. is my person. And I always <laughs> thought that is such a uh, unique but powerful way of talking yeah. about uh, the life of a Jesus follower. I remember that day. Um, so as you think about SMCC and all the things that we we do here, um, what, what resonates with you uh, now and what resonated with you Six years ago, what what is it about SMCC that that um, connected with you as a person who comes from an LDS background? Yeah, one of the uh, core values is belong before you believe, mm-hmm. and I and I think that just is the best one for me because I I felt like I walked in the doors of Draper, mm-hmm. even sitting in the back row, I felt like it was already a family, and mm-hmm. now in Lehigh, that's become my family. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to belong and not feeling like any question any idea, any people love you. Mm-hmm. People want to love you. They respect yeah. where you're at. They, and even now being on the other side of it and seeing new people coming in is interesting to me. Cause yeah. I was that person yeah. and, and being able to tell them, I love you. I'm here for you because I've been there mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. been really good, man. We're in this series at church called Regift, And, um, as you talked earlier about the gift that mops was to you, it's been mm-hmm. so cool to see you regift that you just told yeah. me you had 30 ladies yeah. last week at mops yeah. and, and Lehigh mm-hmm. connecting. And surely those moms are uh, going through what you went through those years ago and yeah. you're creating a space for them. Um, you know, for a lot of people listening to this, they're uh, they're transplants to Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a transplant. Adam, you're a transplant to Utah. I mean, we call Utah home now, but yeah. but uh, we are transplants. Um, it's for those people that are new here and they're trying to understand this culture and they're un- trying to understand the LDS story and some of the pressures and um, the uh, the experiences, and they're trying to understand, you know, why SMCC has this strategy and this mission for people who come from an LDS background. Uh, what would you say to people like us, the transplants, the people who um, are, are trying to be helpful, but maybe don't know how to be helpful and people who really want to love their neighbors, but don't yeah. know how to connect or understand? Like, what yeah. would you say to the transplants listening? Man, uh, that's a big question um, because I know growing up, 
LDS, we definitely had an idea about people who weren't LDS. Right. Um, and again, it could be my, I, I know a lot of LDS people now who are a lot more welcoming than I ever was. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing I could say is be patient and love them mm-hmm. because they probably have a lot of questions that they're not verbalizing and then be there and ready if they do have those questions. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, so as we kind of head to the end of our our conversation, um, I, I think I just have two last questions. Yeah. The first one is, why do you continue to call SMCC home? I mean, through the the highs and lows, you recently started serving on the tech team. I did. And talk about the struggle. <laughs> uh, can I tell the story? Is yeah, this absolutely. Okay? Yeah. So uh, Lacey's serving on the tech team in Lehigh. I remember I was speaking that day, and you're running the slides you know, for the screens, and right before the service starts, the whole thing crashes. And oh, you're like, they... oh my gosh, what did I do? You know, and, so, no, and none of the bosses were there for the tech team yeah. that day, so I looked at the other two guys. I said, what? It was my first day. Yeah. And they said, what do I do? And they looked at me and shrugged. Yeah. So yeah, you've been through some some challenges through the hard yeah. times of mops. I remember being there trying mm-hmm. to to encourage you and keep the team going yeah. when mops was going through some tough stuff. And of course, when you work at a church, you were you were on our staff. Um, it's challenging. It's mm-hmm. not easy. And and so you still call SMCC home. I do. And uh, why do you continue to call it home through the highs and lows? Uh, you know, at the beginning of my SMCC journey, I know that the biggest drive for me being there was just learning. It was soaking in all everything I could learn reading the Bible. And once you kind of get out of that season of the newness, I've really, at this season of my life right now, am leaning on the people around me, my church family. Um, I've had a lot of things going on personally that's been hard, and it's I love the sermons and I love getting what I get out of it, but seeing the people surround you and love you and are like-minded and are helping you get better. That's why I keep coming. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. We, we often say, Hey, this 60 minute experience of great music right. and, a, and a message that's helpful and hopeful that, that only lasts so, so long right. at some point that wears off. And, mm-hmm. um, and, then it's it's community that keeps you connected. It's serving on a team like you you're doing that keeps you connected. Um, okay, final question. Yeah. Uh, to someone listening who um, you know doesn't call SMCC home, perhaps they would say they're in a faith crisis, or maybe they're uh, just beginning to have questions, or um, maybe they're they're all in um, on their LDS faith. But but what would you say to somebody who has a story like yours and they're listening today? Just keep going. Okay. <laughs> Does that mean keep asking questions? Keep asking questions. Keep growing. Okay. You know, anybody mm-hmm. who's um, coming out of Mormonism, it's it's heavy. Yeah. And it's a lot. And it's it's a lot of time that I know for me, i thinking I'm going to disappoint. And I only had my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I only had my mom who was really LDS. I feel for the people who mm. are extremely faith oriented, having mm. to break away, yeah. um, find people who have the same story mm-hmm. and lean on them. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you would be one of those people, Lacey, that they could find. <laughs> they can find you at the Lehigh location. Yep. Um, if they want to attend Mops and they can find you. Mm-hmm. What, what night is Mops? Is that Monday nights? Monday nights. And I'm sure you'll break for Christmas. Yeah, but we'll break be, till January. Yeah. So. And you'll be back. And so that would be a great place to, to start for anybody who's uh, just in process, just I guess. to come hang out. If you want to belong before you believe, you can do it on Sundays, but of course you can do it at Mops <laughs> as well. Um, and I think Mops happens at most of our locations. So yeah. um, awesome, Lacey. Well, thank you so much yeah. for coming on to the podcast thank and you. sharing your story. It's yeah. always encouraging 
encouraging to me. Um, and I've, I've loved to see what God has done in your life. It's, it's awesome. So thanks. You're the best. Excellent. Well, let me go ahead and wrap this up, guys. Uh, first off, to everybody listening, thank you for spending these, you know, for this 40 minutes with us. Um, truly appreciate it. Uh, love those of you that, that listen, those of you that um, have subscribed, that download every week. Um, that are sharing with a friend, super helpful for us. And and I would even just ask that if you listen to today's story and you're thinking, okay, there'd be somebody who could could benefit from hearing Lacey's story, go ahead and make sure to share that with them and um, and, and allow them to, to hear her story and her process and what she's worked through as well. Um, it's really great. And, and, and just as much if you enjoyed uh, today's episode or just enjoyed the podcast in, in general, uh, we'd love for you to go ahead and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That helps us out a lot. And we really do appreciate you guys um, keeping that coming. We love the feedback and love just being able to, to hear um, uh, those of you that, that enjoy the show and continue to listen, we, we super appreciate that. If you do have questions, if you want to shoot us a question, or even we can get it forwarded to Lacey if need be, um, you can email us at smcc at smccutah.org. That email will be in the description below, and you can ask us a question that, that you might have. Well, thanks again for listening, and we will see you again next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe, give us a rating, or share with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit our website at smccutah.org. Thanks again for trusting us with your time, and we hope to have you back again soon.